0: but ladies and gentlemen you've joined the startup dumb podcast i have across for me in the beautiful i'm going to go so far as to say palatial offices of movilum in the heart of edmonton alberta canada we are here recording the podcast jamie how are you doing
1: i'm doing good craig how oh. are you
0: i am doing weird today i don't know if it's the rain that you might hear in the background pattering outside we have a fresh waft of air that's coming through here
1: we need it craig because you have your shoes off you have <laughs> taken off your shoes and we had poutine at lunch so the fresh air is necessary and welcomed
0: i'm going to come out and say those are the two most canadian things that we can say we had poutine for lunch and the shoes are off in a business so it's about to get real
1: it's getting real real quick it's, getting it's very real, real around here very
0: nice Jamie, how was your first week as the CEO of Amplicet?
1: It was great. Yeah. It was definitely good. Learning a lot, lots of paperwork. I could do without the litany of paperwork.
0: Your problem is, is you're good at it. Oh,
1: I'm <laughs> so good at pushing papers. You
0: are, but even if you weren't good at it, still needs to be done.
1: Exactly, it, it does. Um, meeting with the research team, meeting with Linda. Linda is actually, I want to say the founder of Amplicet, but she's not. But Linda started the technologies. I behind would, Amplisette, the,
0: the definition of founder changes from from person to it person. It does. I think founder is a good phrase for Linda. Linda has been the driving force behind the Amplisette technologies, which were developed at the University of Alberta over the last decade, maybe twelve years. Linda has clearly been the driving force behind it. She has a litany of letters. She has lots that she does. Um, she was the Canadian chair in bio, no microfluidics, nanotechnology. Uh, tons of tons of accolades.
1: It's safe to say without Linda, Ampliset wouldn't be here today.
0: Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And
1: in my mind, that is certainly a, certainly a founder.
0: So Jamie, we teased what Amplisette, uh We teased the existence of Ampliset in our previous podcast and the teaser trailer. That's why we call it a teaser. We've now told the name of the company being Ampliset. I've said Ampliset five times, maybe as many as fifty. Jamie, what is AmpliSat?
1: AmpliSat is a biotech company and we specialize in the enrichment of media as well as the detection of pathogens in in samples, mm-hmm. in whether food samples, plant samples, any kind of media sample.
0: I love it. Yes, anything. But you're focusing on food at first, uh, particularly if I'm to understand yes. the meat industry. We're right?
1: focusing on the meat industry because even though we haven't done too much movement in the last couple of years, there has been sub-movement and discussions with some large companies that we may do business with.
0: It's not as sexy as curing cancer. It's not as sexy as detecting STDs across a mobile application like Tinder. Uh, the, the secret, by the way, is just like to look Tinder, them in the uh, in but picture. But like
1: Tinder, you want interest. And the meat industry had interest. We had them at hello with our technologies. And that's what is sexy, Craig. Our technologies are sexy to the meat industry because they need to determine that there is a lack of live bacteria, pathogens, in their meat samples before they release them. Right now, their testing times are up to 24 hours. And what this means for them is that they have to quarantine these meat quantities, these meat samples, before they release them for 24 hours. You can imagine that's a huge amount of product to be holding for a large amount of time. Our technologies can reduce that by up to 80% which means their output can go up around
0: 80% I love it That's there's nothing sexier than interest your first week is done uh, what were highlights of some of or some of the highlights of your first week clearly paperwork's not one of them what were some of the highlights
1: the highlight of my first week being the CEO for Ampliset, was definitely meeting the research team
0: they're quite a team aren't they
1: they are They are um, very intelligent women, it's a team of women, the ones I had the privilege of meeting so far anyway. And they listened to what I had to say. They looked to me, I think, for enthusiasm that was lacking in our previous leader. And I think that we have a lot of work to do together and I'm looking forward to seeing them next week.
0: Now, I should also maybe introduce myself, I'm not just a guy who has the basic modicum of production capabilities and microphones to do this. I also happen to have been and the lawyer for Amplicet for many years. What was that? Been, what a modicum. And one modicum? I have a, a modicum. Okay, well, this is the, the podcast will also be a challenge for vocabulary, apparently. Everybody will be mm-hmm. busy goo- Googling modicum. It's spelled M O D, not M O T, just in oh. case people are wondering. Um, <laughs> I've also uh, been the lawyer for Amplicet for many years i have a long time relationship with lindy their patent attorney i've been doing their patents for years i am fascinated by their technology and have watched it over the last 12 years move from a uh, lab on a chip and microfluidics into something that is just i'm going to say uh, much simpler and uh, much uh, much more applicable to a commercial environment it's amazing stuff. We'll talk more about the technology as it goes on, but I also mm-hmm. happen to know the research team because I've been working with them for those 12 years and, and they are good people. They're good people. It was actually a, a, a fun first meeting, I'm going to say. Not only yeah. was it the research team, but some uh, also uh, stakeholders mm-hmm. that were there, uh, government uh, employees. The, the uh, research team is currently working at the University of Alberta. They're doing good work there. Uh, Not working directly for Amplicet, but they're the ones that came up with the technology. I've got to tell you, I watched them with you and they're excited because I think you connected with them in a way that previous people hadn't. Uh, They could really sense your interest, your desire, your excitement about the opportunity that this brought in. Uh, You've got a background in business. Mm -hmm. You have the honours degree from uh, from school. You've run a number of uh, businesses since then on my behalf or with me. I think this one's a... uh, a challenge for you because it's going to be a different technology it's in biotech mm-hmm. but in the end business is business
1: and that's exactly it and I wanted to touch a little bit on that when you had mentioned over the years you had seen how Ampliset evolved from one industry to now which is food testing and I think it's common and correct me if I'm wrong but when you have a group of researchers and scientists how they can be very In love with what they're doing and not focus on where the money is going to come from who is going to pay for this technology why do they want this technology why is it valuable to them and what's the value proposition and that's how we ended up where we are today which is food testing and not where these technologies originated am I right am I on track
0: the secret I think you're absolutely right the secret to every business is making sure you have more money coming in than you have going out that uh, is a great way to ensure that businesses survive.
1: Write that down, guys.
0: Write that down. That's your first learning here. Make more money than I spend. And unfortunately, there are some business models that are out there that don't make that apparent. Uh, Facebook, for years, people would roll their eyes at Facebook saying Facebook's valuation its spending more money than it could possibly be bringing in. And that was true for many, many years. They were running off of uh, investors' money what the rest of the world didn't know is that facebook had a model and a plan and that was they would turn on ads and when they turned on the ads everybody all of a sudden went oh that's how they're going to make money and i think the last i heard is that they were profitable that's me being sarcastic that's mm, what it, it is, is to me. so there are t- you don't have to make money from I'm the kidding, start by the way. you do have to have a plan on how to make money and i think the plan to make money in Amplicet is to be selling this to food processors to the meat industry to the packing or to the meat packing industry as a first start diagnostic companies it's not just limited to that it also works in dairy in eggs poultry all across the board Uh, again not sexy but this is what we would call low-hanging fruit it's an easy win Uh, you could have targeted cancer Uh, i think the technology is actually robust enough that it could detect cancer in blood in a very short period of time That being said, very difficult industry. A lot of competition and cancer is a sneaky bugger. So I really like the idea of focusing down on the food area. That's wonderful.
1: And it works.
0: (laughs) And it works. And now that we're talking business, why don't we go to one of the first questions that we got from social media? Because we have questions already from our users. Wonderful.
1: I will start with this one because it's easy and I want to ease you in.
0: Thank you. I do need that.
1: Who is producing our podcast? Dr. Craig Sherburn.
0: Dr. Craig Sherburn is producing the podcast. Uh, I really loved that question because it felt like somebody was looking for a job, in which case we would love to accept your resume. (laughs) Uh, I should not be producing a podcast. I think
1: the person that asked, bless you Wheeler, I think he's too expensive for us. Really? I think so. You think
0: he's too expensive? We haven't even asked how much he costs and he's still too expensive.
1: Well, I know him very well and he's good at what he does and I'm just guessing, but I can always ask him. Moving on to the next question, Hmm, which one? I'm going to go between, okay, which cities are on the rise and would enable new businesses to flourish easier?
0: Hmm. I'm not going to name a specific city. I'm going to tell you some of the qualities that the city or region would have. It's going to have cheap real estate. If you have a bricks and mortar business or if you need to be operating out of some place, which most people do need, um, real estate and overheads, uh, sorry, overheads are your number one cost and your number one concern Mm -hmm. when you're starting a business. Everybody mistakes spending money as advancing their business case, and that's not true. There's going to be tons of people who all want to take your money to uh, make you feel like you're, you're now starting your business and moving it forward. And one of those people is going to be a landlord. So the first category is going to be a place with cheap real estate. Um, yeah, it, uh, it feels good to say that you've got an office in downtown Manhattan, but you're going to pay for that. And maybe you could have spent that money instead for a place in Des Moines, Iowa. Idaho? Idaho. Des Moines, Idaho. Des Moines? I think there's why a are you looking at me I for clarification Let's, on Des Moines? Why am I even trying to be U.S.? If you, do if I look it's like a potato cheap, pusher? You could, pay for, you could pay for expensive real estate in downtown Toronto. Uh, but if you could actually start your business instead in Winnipeg, where rent is going to be much, much cheaper. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of every business, cash is king. Uh, exactly. Capital is so critical.
1: Exactly. And first and foremost, do you need bricks and mortar? Do you need it? And if the answer is no or not immediately... Then don't sign up for a
0: lease. Don't sign up for a lease. Work out of your basement, now, up until
1: you can't any longer.
0: That that's a global statement. If you are selling hot dogs, nobody's coming into your basement to buy hot dogs. So don't mistake this as being an absolute truism. But if your customer is distant, if you can serve your customer from a distance, why not serve your customer from your basement, if you can? If your customer has to come to you, then why you why can't you go to your customers instead? Why Start would you have to? Start small and do grow. That? Absolutely so, and also make sure that you got a business before you start uh, building bricks and mortar. Mm-hmm. How many people do we know that are out there that say, hey, I'm going to make this product and make a product and actually never put the product out there to see whether the world wants it or not.
1: Now, I know you can't say any specific examples, but Craig's an attorney, he's a lawyer. I am. And how many times have you been pitched a product or business idea that they want patented, and? You do not want to accept their money because you think it is such a horrible.
0: Well, well no, I'm not going to say horrible. Uh, not a horrible idea. They haven't actually demonstrated anyone would pay for it first. Or but the ones that are really sensitive to me. I'm a patent attorney. I've been a patent attorney registered in Canada and in the U.S. for many years. There's many, going to be a many horrible ones. Come
1: on, don't shut oh, down my word. Oh, there's many
0: horrible ones. I don't <laughs> want to talk about the horrible ones. That's for future episodes. In this case, it's ones which haven't been built yet. They have an idea, but they haven't built it. And at the as a patent attorney, yeah, you can patent things before you've built it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, what I say to them is, take the money you're going to spend on me. Go build it. Build it first. Then come back to me. And first off, we can patent not only the idea you had, but also all the other challenges that you faced and overcame to be able to build it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Then we can talk about whether somebody would pay for it. Exactly. Uh, lots of ideas that are out there that people think will pay for it, uh, but here's your here's another secret wisdom: you are not your customer. Everyone mistakes themselves as their customer and says, "I would buy it," therefore everyone else will, and that's a mistake. Uh, I think you need to pass the first threshold of, "Would I buy this?" <laughs> And if the answer is yes, go to the second one and ask the critical question, would somebody else buy it?
1: And that's not your loving grandmother and or best friend.
0: That is what's called multi-level marketing. And if you're selling only to your best friends, then it's probably not worth buying Herbalife. Um, Okay, there we go. (laughs) That's a good question. I like that. Uh, Jamie, uh, I think you had anything else you wanted to add to that?
1: You know, I did, but... Your advice was so good that I just lost track of what I was going to well, add to
0: that. And it's really hard for me to point to specific areas, and I think it would be for you, Jamie, as well, because we're talking to a kind of a North American audience here in the podcast to, to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the key, though, is to take a look at your areas and say, okay, how much is how much is rent? How much is is space where I am? Um, and is there possibly cheaper somewhere else? Uh, I'll give an example here in Edmonton. Uh, If you were to look at rent in Edmonton, I can tell you that you can get rent for one-half to one-quarter to maybe even one-tenth if you just drive an hour out of Edmonton. One hour. Still served by Canada Post. Still served by FedEx and Purolator. Still has the internet and telephones. In which case, if your customer is distant, why would you be spending ten times as much to be in Edmonton if you could be outside of it? I think that's going to be the same for every city across North America.
1: If I could move our office outside the city today, Craig, I would. I hit two trains
0: today. You hit two trains? I hit them. (laughs) I was stopped by
1: two trains. The day isn't over. Well,
0: I'm sure that uh, that trains do seem to be an issue in Edmonton, which is kind of interesting since I don't believe we exist in 1865. But welcome to Edmonton where trains matter.
1: (laughs) Okay, the final question that I'll ask for today is the following, and this one's a local question from Edmonton.
0: The other two were from
1: Winnipeg. Here's the one from Edmonton. Is social media the best way to advertise my business today? Should I be pulling my traditional marketing methods off my advertising budget for next year?
0: Hmm, Depends on your product. I think you always got to ask the question of where is my audience and am I getting to them? Uh, If your audience are television watchers, for example, you're advertising your television show, then no, you don't want to go off of traditional media. You want to focus on that. But if your customer is anybody, then you have to ask the question of, am I diluting out my message or am I diluting out my advertising dollars by going through traditional media? How much television do you watch, Jamie? Almost none. Yeah. And and if you are watching television, is it a specific channel that's your go-to channel or are you watching Netflix?
1: I'm watching Dr. Phil on PVR, which means I'm blowing through all the commercials. And Dateline. And that's it. And the same thing, I blow through commercials. So I see no advertising. The advertising I see these days would be on Instagram, some Facebook. So social media, yes. However, when I do see it out, say on billboards, bus benches, any kind of traditional, what you would consider outdated marketing methods, it reinforces what I've already seen. So multiple touch points I do find are very, very valuable. But again, as Craig said, if I'm their audience and it does work on me, and that's why I like for our advertising and our other businesses, I do like, you know, some on Instagram, some on Facebook, but we have a billboard app.
0: And the billboard's been incredibly effective. I think that caught me off guard uh, as, as how effective billboards were. Perhaps not as a first line, but they certainly reinforce other messages through social media. Exactly.
1: And that's it. Just the repeat over and over again. And then it starts to stick. Not the first time, not the second time, but in different areas, repeatedly.
0: And I think the one thing that social media has got going for it is cost.
1: Exactly and
0: ability to see immediate results and response
1: immediate and every every time and I think this is so important For any business owners that are actually spending money on marketing No matter what methods you're using always ask. How did you hear about us? What made you call was it did you find us on Instagram? Did you find us on Facebook on Google on a bus bench? Ask how they heard about you was it word of mouth you want to know because if no one mentions your bus advertisement or your be- your bench advertisement maybe that's not the best way but maybe it also was a subliminal reinforcement and if they're saying instagram 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 and all you've done is spent 20 dollars which is something that happened to us recently then that was a very valuable 20 dollars, and maybe you want to pump in a few more dollars into that
0: I think that's absolutely right, and the way that social you know social media knows so much about its customers, and uh, Facebook knows so much about its users, Instagram knows so much about users and their interests. the the ability to target to people that would be in a demographic, or of interest similar to whatever your product is, incredibly powerful. Not a huge fan of Google anymore. Google used to be cost effective, but I, I just don't feel like the the search advertising on Google is a is a cost effective way to to go. Uh, To go down the road for for advertising but making sure that you're showing up on the first page of results when people are looking for you critical now is seo the way to go i i know there's a lot of people who spend a lot of money on seo search engine again right yeah well search engine optimization it's magic it's voodoo there's a lot of people who go and say my voodoo and my magic is better than others I don't know how much money you should be spending on SEO, but I know you should be spending some money on SEO.
1: Definitely some, but again, we haven't figured it out because we don't do this in-house. We outsource it, and we have gone through multiple providers, and I just feel like, ugh.
0: It can be a huge money
1: grab and a money pit, and we don't know if we're getting any results often, or if it's a temporary result, if it's something that's building over time, and frankly, I don't even know if they know.
0: And that's on SEO. I think you nailed it. Yes. I think you nailed our experience uh, in one one noise you made, which was... Frustration? No, it was, oh, that's exactly how we feel when we look at our spend on SEO, and we look at our results, because it's a bit of a black hole for us. We don't know what went on. We can see that we might have increased in the search a result page, uh, from Google, but nothing more, as opposed to our social media spend where we get great uh, metrics, we get immediate results, we get immediate metrics, and we see where our spend is going. And I think that fundamentally is a is important for advertisers uh, to keep track. And uh, we found by experience that billboards worked in local markets, but that was exactly it, experience. It, there was no way that a marketer that was selling the billboard space could ever share that with us. We would look at the dollars and go, hmm <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of social media advertising. It exactly. was only by our experience that we saw it. So mm-hmm. that's something we can pass on to people is, and I don't know if I would um, recommend billboards as a first touch. I think that billboards need to be with other uh, other advertising methods, whether it be social media, whether it be traditional media, uh, it's got to be with uh, with that as well.
1: That is such a good point. That is a very, very good point. I had looked into billboard pricing when I first started working with you, and I remember thinking I hope we don't pull the trigger on it it's expensive and no one can pronounce the name of this company let alone know what we sell what we do this is a new technology
0: I I think there was a typo in the number there's two zeros too many in this Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: exactly but now now here in Edmonton people know what we are know what we sell know what we do we did a lot of Facebook some Instagram and Now to have the billboard, it makes sense, like you said, as a secondary touch point, not the primary. You can blow by that sign so quickly, you know, it wouldn't register unless you already had a little bit of knowledge.
0: So I think to answer the question, traditional media might be dead depending on what they're selling. They may uh, be able to get more value and bang for their buck by going to social media and using that simply because they can target their users. But I don't think social media can be the end-all and be-all and and Mm -hmm. end-all of of your advertising. It needs to be supported by something else.
1: And again, just kind of what I said before with um, a lease and real estate for your business, start small and ramp up. With social media, you can test the water. You can drive into your local market and spend $20, see what the response is. And then once you have revenues coming in, once you have been affirmed in your marketplace and you have more of a budget, then spend it. Don't spend money you don't have. To me, that makes no sense. I think, Craig, you can vouch for me. I am cheap when it comes to running, right? I always look at every dollar and cent to where should we be spending the money and kind of slap you on the hand every now and then, don't I?
0: I uh, I appreciate having the give and take uh, sometimes. Uh, no, all the time. I always appreciate having another educated and experienced mind. Like Jamie saying, Craig, do we really need to buy the Skywriter? I don't know, and 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 I'm like, but we can reuse it because I want to buy the plane itself as well. And she's like, mm, Can it maybe take me not. to
1: Vegas this weekend? Because yeah. then maybe it's in the budget.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. But I if
1: not, it. let's then, wait.
0: Then it's not. Jamie, this has been a good podcast. This is a good start.
1: It is a good start, Craig.
0: I I apologize for the production value. I apologize for the noise in the background. We would be more than happy to receive resumes from people who have uh, more podcast production knowledge than I do. But this is maybe the first experience that people have out there in social media with what it's like to have to sit and talk to Jamie eight hours to to 12 hours a day.
1: We talk way too much. We see each other way too often.
0: So I'm going to get I'm going to start a GoFundMe for people who want to pay me for having to sit through and deal with Jamie on such a long and prolonged basis.
1: I feel your pain. I'm with me all the time.
0: <laughs> Jamie, thank you very much. Look forward to talking to you next week.
1: Thanks, Craig. Talk to you guys next week. Toodles.